Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hi, the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions are available on the following platforms. Anchor, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. Follow us by hitting the follow button and subscribe so that you can hear all this important information that pertains to life and the future. Thanks. Shabbat Shalom. I hope everyone is doing well. Um, I had a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of an issue a moment ago. So if you hear this a pause or whatever, I was trying to get on um, and I didn't have things hooked up um, as they should have been. Um, again, Shabbat Shalom. I hope your day is going well. And please forgive the noise outside. As you know, this is a pre-recorded message. It's snowing outside. And my husband, I mean, you can hear everything. Sorry, and I'm on the second floor. <laughs> but um, he's scraping the snow off his car because it's icy snow, sleet. That's what it is. But please forgive that. And then you'll hear the... Uh, garage door closing at some point and if I can't catch it I'm sorry I mean my husband's the most active whenever I'm taping go figure <laughs> so um I'm hoping that this recording is um stable enough and not going in and out in and out because I I'm, I'm doing the best I can under the circumstances as I um, said the last time, um, I'm working on it. And hopefully by the new year, I will have new equipment so that I can move around because I really do need to move around. I have a small desk and there's stuff everywhere that I refer to and I got to grab it and talk at the same time. So um, until I get my new equipment, please bear with me. Hopefully the message hasn't changed just because you'll hear a little going in and out or whatever. The message has not changed. So I need you to understand that. So right now, we are in the outline of judges. We are on outline number three. And um, let me give you a little bit of information about the children of Israel. Ooh, ooh. Child, I told you. Once you start waking up and, and I mean spiritually awaken, not quote unquote woke. Once you start waking up in the Ruach and the Ruach shows you things, you're going to see how wretched the children have been. This is why they're doing the things they do. And um, you'll also note too in this book of Judges how completely bird brain the children of Israel are. I mean, completely. I mean, this just doesn't make sense, the things that they keep doing. They are completely bonkers. As I go through this cliff note, 
you will see the nonsense that they go through because they just keep going back and forth. Uh, carnally, as I do this cliff note, you will see the nonsense they keep doing. And it kind of raises questions in your mind. Um, perhaps if you don't know the spiritual situation behind it, um, the thing that will go in your mind is like, why do these people keep going? keep following other people why they keep worshiping devils when they have the most high right there and the most high keep telling them stop worshiping devils and then they do it for a little bit and they stop doing it for a little bit and then they go back and um do it again when somebody else is showing themselves now that would be a carnal question as to why they would do that the spiritual answer is because wickedness exists that's the answer because wickedness exists, okay? And people want to be like other people. Like I said in a, um, in a previous lesson, people always think that other people's grass is greener on the other side. But if you prune your grass, if you care for your grass, if you fertilize your grass and cut it like it's supposed to be, it will be even better than somebody else's. But other people wanna know what's going on over there and they never want to um, deal with what's going on in their own lap. That's number one. Number two, um, the children of Israel want something tangible. They want a king. They want somebody to rule over them that they could see, feel, navigate with their senses. That's what they want. That's why they keep doing it too. It's sin number one, because you already know the devil's behind all of this. Sin number one. And they want to be like everybody else. That's why. You're going to keep hearing through these cliff notes the nonsense that the children of Israel keep going through. And some of you will probably be like, if I could get in a time machine and go back and knock the crap out of each and every one of them to keep, you know, those who keep doing this nonsense, I would. Yeah, that's how some people are going to feel because they're going to understand what I'm saying when I do this cliff note. And when I first started doing the book of Judges, I uploaded the book of Judges. So um, I'm going to be going through the book of Judges and it has 18 chapters. So every time I go through a book, I upload the book with the first um, lesson. So like I said, this is a cliff note session along with daily teachings about life and how it correlates with the scriptures. That's what the uh, point of this um platform is when I do a um, lecture that is the cliff note when I do the cliff note I make sure that you have the full book there I don't know how many of you have a, a bible number one and number two I don't know how many of you have the proper bible so I'm going to I do everything in my power on my end to make sure that you're good I give you the chapter, I give you the verse, I tell you which book I'm going through. I mean, I do everything. The only thing you need to do is grab your Bible and go along with it or do like they do in church and just sit there and listen and then deal with it later. Do what you need to do. There goes the garage door, sorry. Do what you need to do, but get edified. That's, what, that's the point. I'm reaching out to my brethren everywhere. Anyway, everybody who can hear me, I'm reaching out to you. I'm doing my job as the walk is um, telling me to. I'm reaching out to you and I'm giving you what I got to give, which is what I learned from the walk.
the way I learned it, the way I explain it, the way I do whatever, that's how I, I learned it and received it. So I'm going to give it to you the way it was received by me. The thing is, the cliff note, who's going to be reading this whole Bible all day one day? Not me. So that's why I'm giving you the meat and potatoes of the cliff note. Okay, I'm in the chapter itself, each and every chapter. I am cliff noting all that. And I uploaded the book for you, the proper book for you. How much more can I do? That's what I want you to know. Before I get into the actual um, chapters, which is, this is um, outline number one, excuse me, uh, number three, chapter seven, chapter eight, and chapter nine. Seven, eight, and nine is um, outline number three. But let me finish with my um, announcements. <laughs> um, there will be some uploads. <laughs> I'm trying to do videos. I do have the capacity to do a video. However, I don't uh, or I'm not able at this particular moment to upload the copyright laws. I do not feel comfortable doing a video without getting an okay from the uh, originator of the video. Um, there's some real information that I need you to see also. But what I will do in the meantime is I will continue to upload the audios and then I could put the copyright law in it before because the reason why I'm uploading various videos is to prove to you that the scriptures are true. Now, I already uploaded something that says that the world is turning faster, which means the days are getting short. There goes the proof. I will be uploading pro uh, proof that correlates with the scriptures. So that's what it will be in whatever form. So until I'm able to put some kind of copyright inside that video or on the um, on that description, the copyright, I just want to be able to do it in a way so that people don't think that I'm stealing people's um, intellectual property. I do not want people to feel that way. I want to share a lot of stuff. I believe that there's some real good information out there that we could all benefit from because we need to know the truth, no matter how hard it hurts, because the truth is not going to do anything but make you stronger. That's what's going to do, because the Most High said he will not give you more than you can handle. If you believe that, if you believe in trusting the Most High, then trust that the truth is not going to hurt you. It might hurt your feelings a little bit, but you are a child of the Most High and you are Teflon. Do not ever forget that. So that's it for the video. I will continue to do audios until I can figure out how to do this video situation. Not unless I could get the okay from the person themselves. And I'll try to work on that too. Um, and I want to do a year in review wrap up, which means at the end of the year, and I didn't do this last two years, but at the end of the year, I want to discuss certain things that we've been through as a nation and as a planet. I wanna talk about some things that I learned and some things that I can share in regards to whatever we um, been through in 2022. So that's something new that I wanna do. And I'll be doing that probably next week sometime cause we almost at the end. Um, I will also continue to do those um, audios in regards to things that's correlating with the scriptures. Okay. so. That's it for the announcements. Now we're going to get into the um, outline, which is Judges 7, Judges 8, and Judges 9. 
Okay, um, I am reading from the Amplified Classic edition of the scriptures. Now, the reason why I'm not reading from the King James is all these crazy names. Okay, that's that. I'm not reading from the Sefa until I need to read from the Sefa because the reason why I read from the Sefa is because when names have changed to the point that, uh-uh, that's not even a name. And since we've been going through these names, you pretty much know and understand that the names have changed. You know that. Even the places have changed. But these places, I do not want to butcher the names of the places. So I'm trying to get the amplified. You already know um, the J in the alphabet is only about 500 years old. It's not thousands of years old. You already know that the scriptures is 6,000 years old. 6,000 years old. And J's is 500 years old. So you already know a lot of the J's is not J's. Okay, they changed it. You already know that they transcribed the book in Latin and other um, languages that is not the same as Hebrew, which you know certain things change, number one, and he heathens do change situations so that you could believe a lie, understand that. But if the Ruach is dealing with you, you ain't got to worry about that. So we are in um, Judges, which is in the Amplified. And let me give you a little bit about what happened last week. You already know the children of Israel kept going back and forth and the Most High kept sending judges to chastise the children of Israel and to beat down and kill off those enemies of theirs, okay? Now, uh, Zerubbabel, who is Gideon, was fighting with people last, um, last week. And then um, there was peace after he trodden down that last bit of peoples um, who came and tried to destroy their land because they came in and they was bullying the children of Israel and the Most High raised up Gideon. So we left off there and now um, we're on chapter seven and I'm going to start. And it says... Um, Judges 7, 1 through 8 is Gideon's army of 2 and 30,000 is brought to 300. So I'm going to explain what that means. Okay. Then Jerusalem, who is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Harod. And the camp of Midian was north of them. The Most High said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many because they can ready to go to war because they can ready to tear these Midianites up. The people who are with you is too many for me to give the Midianites, Midianites into um, your hands. And, um, lest Israel boast to themselves and say, yeah, we did this. We did it without the Most High. Knowing they're going well, they did. You already know the children of Israel wasn't the biggest or the baddest. You knew that. You know that. So the Most High is doing some true miracles in front of the children of Israel. So here's another one that the Most High can really do. Because the children are assembling to go to war with the Midianites. The Most High said, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold it, hold it, hold up. He gathered everybody up, told Gideon, go gather everybody up because you can really go to war. And then he said... You gathered up too many people, too many children of Israel. Nope, I don't need them because I'm getting ready to show you something. I'm about to show you something, Gideon. Oh, I'm about to show you something. So Gideon's pretty much saying, well, what am I supposed to do? Because I already gathered all these people up. So this is what the Most High is saying. 
This is what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. Proclaim in the ears of the men saying, whoever is fearful, whoever's scared to go to war, let them go back to the camp. Okay? So it was 33,000, 32,000 men that Gideon gathered up. So when the Most High said, whoever's scared to go to war, let them turn back. So out of that, um, oh, I'm sorry, it was 22,000, not 32. It was 22,000 men who Gideon gathered up, right? And excuse me, because I'm going to be drinking my tea because my throat is, you already know. It was 22,000 men that Gideon got up. Most High said, all those people who, now remember, 22,000 was going to war. Most High say to Gideon, tell whoever's scared to go to war, let them go back to the camp. Uh-huh. Let them go back to the camp. So most of the people left, but they came back and it was 10,000. Okay. So it went from 22,000 to 10,000. And the Most High said to Gideon, it's still too many men here. Now it was 10,000 men. First it was 22. And most of the scared ones went back to the camp. They came, the people who was going to fight came back and they was like, the Most High said, it's still too many. So this is what I want you to do. And I'm going to read it. And the Most High said to Gideon, the men are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them. And he who I said to you that will go and drink the water, drink the water like an animal. Um, everyone who laps up the water with his tongue like a dog, you're going to keep him with you because th those are the ones that's going to go to war, war. If anybody out of that 10,000 bows down, and drinks like he got some sense. Put his hand in the water and drink up. You know, bow down now to the water. Put your hand in it and drink it. Then we don't want him. We don't want him. We only want the ones who's going to put their mouth, their lips all the way down in the water and drink it. Those are the ones we want. We don't want the other ones that's going to put their hand down there and drink it. Okay? So when uh, the Most High tested them, and I want to say this too. Only the Most High can test you. You cannot test the Most High. The reason why the Most High tests us is to find out what's in our hearts in regards to free will and to make us stronger. I already said this before. So that's what happens. You ain't going to test the Most High. You're not going to tempt him. You're not going to do nothing. He's the one who does that to you, just to let you know. Okay? So now um, all the people who bent their mouths down into the water like dogs was 300 people. Out of that 10,000. 300 people is the ones who bent down in the water like they was a dog and lapped up the water. All of the rest of the people got down on their knees, put their hand in the water and drunk out of their hand. So the Most High said to Gideon, you take these 300 men and I'm going to deliver the Midianites to you with these 300 men. Now, I want, I want you to think about something for a minute. Think about war. Think about war and how many people got to go to war. I'm not talking about what they tanks, where they this and they that. No, I'm talking about people going to war. How many thousands and ten thousands and hundred thousand people go to war? How many of them? 
it's multitudes of people go to war, right? Usually when they go to war, it don't be like 20, 10 or 20 people. It don't even be 22,000. That ain't no war. War is when they take most of their men between certain ages and they go out and do it. If you're too old or too young, you don't go. And sometimes a woman don't go. And in biblical times, they didn't, except for certain tribes. But most of the time, it's the men going to war. I want you to think about that. So it's multitudes of them. Now, what did the most High said? I'm going to take 300 men and I'm going to give the whole land of Midian to you. I want you to think about that. What 300 men is coming to a whole country and taking it over that don't have tanks, atom bombs, all of this, all they had back then. Well, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it, but you don't have too much. There was no guns. They swords, but 300 men taking over a whole country where they do that at. I already told you the most high showed his miracles only to the children of Israel. And as you can see, this is another miracle right here that you get ready to be privy to. The most high told Gideon, you take these three, first it was 22,000 people. Then I want you to separate them. All the scared ones go back to the camp. Then it was 10,000. Then I want all them 10,000 people go down there and drink out of the water because I'm getting ready to test them. Those people who drink out the water a certain way, put them over to the side. All the other people who drink out the water like they got some sense, you tell them to go on back home. Out of all those 22,000 people, 300, think about that. 300 people stood. So the Most High is getting ready to go to war. The Most High is taking his children, 300 of them, and getting ready to conquer a country. I want you to think about that. Because it says in the scriptures, in the Bible, out the Bible, in the books of mystery, in the book of Ezra, that the Most High never showed nobody no nothing except for the children of Israel. He ain't never showed them no mysteries. He ain't never showed them no miracles. He ain't never talked to them. He ain't never spoke to them. He ain't never did nothing. He never showed himself. He never did nothing to nobody but the children of Israel. The children of Israel are the apple of his eye. Are they a pain in the behind for the most high? Yes, they are. That's why he's spanking them every which way but loose, but they still his, okay? They still his. Understand that. And we already witnessed another miracle. So now Gideon got 300 people to go to war with. So Gideon sent uh, the rest of the people off and he kept the 300 men, okay? So um, the host of Midian was below the valley. So they was up on the valley. The Most High separated everybody to 300 people. And now their job is to go down the valley and start fighting. This is what Midian is told. I mean, I'm sorry, Gideon is told. Okay, now we're on. Um, Gideon is encouraged by a dream and an interpretation of the burly cake. Let me tell you what that means in a minute. Okay, and that's um, 9 through 15, Judges 7, 9 through 15. The same night, the Most High said to Gideon, Arise and go down to their camp because remember, the Midianites was coming to them to have war, and there's hundreds of thousands of them there's thousands of them and remember Gideon only got 300 people with him know that understand that this is a true I want to say this too because I know that some certain people could recall I'm a movie buff so I can always recall the movie but there's a movie called 300 
And they say it is based on a true story of some, uh, I don't know where the people's from, but Euro, Eurocentric people. But we know, we know for the truth, for the truth, because it's in Gideon that, uh, it's in the book of Judges, excuse me, that Gideon went to war with 300 people. We see this, we understand this, we witnessing this right now. Now they had that TV movie, but this is the truth right here in the scriptures because it's the the history book of the children of israel so the most High said you're going to take these 300 people and you're going to go to war with the thousands of the midianites that's what you're going to do so the same night the most high said to gideon arise and go down against their camp for i have given that camp into your hand if you fear going down there take Pura, your servant, down to the camp. Take him down there with you. And you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then um, Gideon went down um, to the camp with Pura, his servant, uh, on the outposts of the camp, just to listen to what the conversations was among the Midianites. And the Midianites and the Ak, uh, excuse me, Amalekites, and all the sons of the east lay along the valley like locusts for the multitude. Now, what does that mean? I told you there was hundreds of thousands of them. So it's two nations, the Midianites and the uh, Amalekites, go, that plan to go to war with the children of Israel. But what did the Most High say? You're going to take these 300 men and you're going to go down there and, and I'm going to give them to you. You're going to take it. You're going to kill them all off and take over their land with 300 people. So naturally, a human carnal person is like, this math ain't math. How 300 people going to withstand two nations and wipe them out of their, their country? How, how, who, where they do that? So that's pretty much what Gideon is thinking because you're going to hear that in a minute. Okay? So the Midianites and the Malachites um, and all the sons of the east lay along the valley like locusts. That's how many it was for multitude. And their camels were without number, at, number as the sand in the seashore. And Gideon arrived down that, um, down that valley and he was listening to a man talk to another man. Now, I'm going to say what they said, and then I'm going to say something else. The man was telling another man um, who was his comrade, he was telling him a dream that he had. And he said to the comrade, I dreamed a dream, and behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell. And turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat. And his comrade replied, listen to the comrade's reply, because it's, let me set the stage. They all camped down there, and it's maybe about three or four or five people in each camp, because, you know, when the day uh, raises up, the next day they go to war. So basically they eating, drinking, and being merry until wartime. So people are having conversations. So the Most High told Gideon and his servant to go down there and listen to the conversations of what they're saying. Listen to what they're saying down in the camp. 
Okay, because the most high knows our heart and he already knows that Gideon is scared. He knows that he is. So he's giving him a little reassurance. Oh, yeah, go on down the camp and I want you to listen to the conversations down in the camp. So that's what um, Gideon does. So he goes down and he listens to these particular conversations that they have. Okay. So this is that you already told you what um, some of the people were saying. And the camera and the comrade replied to somebody who was telling him his dream. Oh, this is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, a man of Yasharel, into his hand, the most high, has given Midian and all the hosts. Now, I want to say something. I want to say something. Some people say that people don't know the most high. They never knew nothing about the most high. Some people say when the children of Israel was in um, Egypt, which is Mizraim, the Pharaoh said he ain't know the most high, but he did. Listen, in biblical times, early biblical times, we only in the seventh book, everybody knew about the most high. Everybody knew about the most high. Did everybody worship the Most High? Did everybody care about the Most High? No. But everybody heard about the Most High and was familiar with it. Now, you can, and this, uh, let me give you an example. You can know of somebody, but not know them. But you know of that person. You know that the person exists. You acknowledge that the person exists. You understand? You may not follow that person. You may not believe that person, but you know of that person's existence. So that means you know that person. You know of that person. You don't have to know them personally. You don't have to have an intimate relationship with that person, but you know that that person or thing exists. So yes, the surrounding people and the heathens, they knew the most high, they knew of the most high. So if somebody tell you, oh no, they didn't know the most high, Yes, they knew of the Most High. Everybody knew of the Most High. Because if they didn't know of the Most High, it would not be in these scriptures. Every time the children of Israel did something, everybody knew that they was the Most High's children. Everybody knew. And this is why they said what they said. And I didn't already said this from um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Well, I didn't say it in Numbers because they just giving you the history of the children. But uh, Deuteronomy, they all knew. There's no such thing as they didn't know. There's no such thing. They may not have worshipped. They may not have believed. But they sure damn believed that the children of Israel is going everywhere, crushing everything. They did hear of the Most High. They know of the Most High. So do not let people tell you, oh, no, they didn't know the Most High. Yes, they knew of the Most High. They may not have known him intricately. They may not have known him intimately, but they acknowledge that he is the, um, the father of the children of Israel. Yes, they didn't know that. And I just proved it to you when they talking about that in the camp, when this one um, Midianite is telling the other Midianite, I had a dream and the other Midianite is saying, oh yeah, Gideon's getting ready to crush us. How do they know this? How do they not know the most high and, and he can interpret the dream? People not paying attention. That's all I'm saying. 
you can know of something and not follow something, but still acknowledge that you know of it. So don't let nobody tell you that the, nobody knew about the Most High in this Old Testament. Everybody knew about the Most High. Whether they followed him, whether they cared, whether they believed it or not, they sure the hell knew that the children of Israel was going around crushing people. Now, how was they doing it when they wasn't the biggest or the baddest? Everybody knew they wasn't the biggest or the baddest, but they knew that they was the children of the Most High. And that's all I got to say about that. Now, back to what I was saying. When Gideon heard the two people discussing that dream, and its interpretation, he worshiped the Most High and returned to the camp uh, among Yasharel and said, arise for the Most High has given these people in your hand. Uh-huh. Oh, they knew. They knew of the Most High. They may not have worshiped him and they may not have cared, but they knew of the Most High and they definitely heard of him. Ah! Now I'm on verse 16. And um, Gideon divided the 300 men three ways, okay? Each, each in groups of 100, okay? So there was three groups of 100. He put them in the hands, he put into the hands of the men, listen, he put into the hands of the men trumpets and empty pitchers with torches inside the pitches. I'm going to say it again because this is important. He put in the hands of the 300 men trumpets, which is shofars. They call it shofars. Empty pitchers, like drinking pitchers, with torches inside the pitches. That's what he said. Okay? Um, and like I said, um, we're on Judges 7, 16 through 23. So... That's what Gideon said. And he said to them, look at me. He want like everybody huddling up because he's telling them, giving them direction. Look at me and do what I do. Okay. And he's saying, when I come to the edge of the camp, I want you to do exactly what I'm doing. Now he gave them shofars, which is a trumpet, empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. So let me, the shofar is a, a ram's horn that these people are calling. I'm reading from the amplifier. So they call it a trumpet. Then it's empty pictures, like empty bottles. And then he's giving them a torch with some fire inside the empty bottle. That's what it is. He's telling them, do what I do. Tell only 300 people, do everything I do. Okay. And then he said, when I blow the trumpet or the shofar, Everybody who's with me, you blow the trumpet. Also, every side of the camp, go on every side of the camp and shout. This is what I want you to shout. For the most high and for Gideon. That's what he wanted him to do. So you go and you blow the trumpet and you yell. Everybody run, blow the trumpet and yell for the most high and for Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp and they blew the trumpets and smashed the pitches that were in their hands. And the three companies, which is the 300 men in sets of three, blew the trumpets, they shattered the pitches, holding the torches in their left hand 
and with their right hands, the trumpets to blow. And they cried the sword for the most high and for Gideon. Now they yelling all around the camp. They, uh, they scattered in uh, groups of three. Each three is contains a hundred and they yelling in the camp for the most high and for Gideon. And that's what they yelling. Nobody had a sword. Nobody had a bow and arrow. Nobody had a rock. They just running around and yelling that with the trumpets. Okay. They stood every man in his place around the camp and all the Midianites armies, when they heard it, they started running. The Midianites started running. Now remember, it's hundreds of thousands of them. It's only 300 people running around and blowing horns and, um, and have pitches in their hand with a torch. There's only 300 people and they running around the whole camp yelling. So the Midianites is coming out of their army, out of the tents, and there's thousands of them, and they running. Then Gideon's men blew the 300 trumpets. The Most High set every, every Midianite sword against the other person, against his comrade. Now, let me set the stage for you. When the, when the children of Israel, the 300 children of Israel, ran into the camp, and remember, there's hundreds of thousands of these people because there's two nations there. They're yelling and blowing horns and banging and doing all of that, and they saying, for the most high and for Gideon. There's only 300 people doing this. When the children, I mean, when the, um, the Midianites hear this, they get scared because the most high is sending his spirit around the camp. So what they doing is they jumping up and they running because the Most High sent a spirit in the camp. Is this not a miracle? What 300 people is going to scare hundreds of thousands of people without the Most High's hand being in it? So that's what's happening. So when they when the Midianites is jumping out of their tents and running, what they doing is fighting one another. Did the Most High not send his spirit in there? So they could start fighting each other. That's what they're doing. The army is fighting against one another. Okay? And then the army is running. Because they don't know that they're fighting each other. They're just scared. they just thinking somebody's attacking them. And it's them attacking one another. Praise y'all. Hallelujah. Uh -huh. Okay? So they get up and they start running. And the army fled as far as Bedshitta. As far as the border of Abel Makalah, and the men of Yasharel were called together, were called together out of Naphtali and Asher and all Manasseh, and they pursued Midian. So only 300 went in, and the other ones was holding back. Only 300 went down that um, went down in that camp and did what they did. The other ones, the other children of Israel was waiting. So now I'm on um, Judges 7, 24 and 25. The Ephraimites take Oreb and Zeb. And Gideon sent messages throughout the hill country of Ephraim saying, come down against the Midianites and seize the waters of Bethbara. So all the men of Ephraim were gathered together 
and they took all the waters as far as Beth Bara. And they took the two princes of Midian, Oreb and Zeb. One of them they slew with a rock. So they killed one with a rock, and the other one they killed at the wine press. And they continued to pursue Midian. And they brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon by the Jordan. So they killed the rest of the children of Israel who was fighting, pursued the two princes, which was the king's son, and cut, killed them and cut their heads off and brought it to Gideon. Okay, that's chapter seven. Now we're on chapter eight. Um, Judges eight, one through three, Gideon pacifies the Ephraimites. Now, and the men of Ephraim said to Gideon, why have you treated us like this? Not calling us when you went to fight Midian. And they quarreled with him furiously. They got mad at him, but they didn't know that the most I said, I just want the 300 to go because I'm getting ready to perform a miracle and I'm going to make y'all 300 take down the whole nation, two nations. I'm going I'm to I'm put them nations in your hands, 300 people. That's why, because the most I wanted to show them the miracle. But then the children of Israel, the rest of the children, since they didn't know, they get mad at Gideon. And Gideon said to them, what have I done now in comparison with you? Is not the gleaming of the grapes of your big tribe of Ephraim better than the vintage of my little clan of um, Ebenezer? The Most High has given unto your hands the princes of Midian. And what was I able to do in comparison with you? Then their anger towards Midian was abating. Okay. Now we on um, Judges 8, 4, and 9. Tuckoff and Penil refused to deliver uh, Gideon's army. Let me take some tea. And Gideon came to the Jordan, which is the Jordan, and passed over. He and the 300 men that was with him. Now, they was very exhausted from running after these Midianites. And um, Gideon said to the men of Succoth, because they went into um, some... Uh, city and they were tired and faint because they was running after uh, the nations that was running so they hungry, tired, thirsty they all of that so he said Gideon said to the men of Succoth please can we have some bread because we running after these um, people we tired and we running after uh, Zeba and um, Zalmunna the kings of Midian and the princes of Succoth said, are Zebeth and Zamuna already in your hand? What should we give? Uh, what we should give bread to your army? That we should give bread to your army. Excuse me. They basically saying, we ain't giving you nothing. That's what they said. And Gideon said, for that, Gideon's angry. For that, when the Most High has delivered the two princes into my hand, I will thresh your flesh with the thorns and briars of the wilderness. That's a threat. And he went, Gideon went from there up to Penel and made the same request to the men there. 
And they said the same thing to Gideon. They like, we ain't giving you nothing to eat. Now, mind you, the children of Israel, 300 men, they tired, they hungry, they thirsty. They might have to go to the bathroom, all that. And nobody's letting them in their lands. So Gideon is giving them a threat. Okay? And Gideon said to the men of Penel, excuse me, Pen Penuel, when I come again in peace, I will break down this tower. So now we on um, Judges 8, 10 through 12, Zeba and Zalmunna are taken. Now Zeba and Zalmunna were in Karkor with their army of about 15,000 men. Now remember, it's only 300 men pursuing them. All who were left of the army of the sons of the east, for there have fallen 120,000 men who drew the sword. Now, let me let me put this in perspective for you. Remember the 300 men that ran into the camp? It was 120,000 people in the camp. And it was only 300 men with trumpets and containers with a light. And the most high gave uh, that whole nation to the children of Israel. Is that not a miracle? Where, anywhere outside of the hand of the Most High can 300 people overcome 120,000 people? Where, where, who, where, where? They don't even make stories like that. The Most High gave 120,000 men to 300 people. And the Most High told Gideon, this nation is going to be yours. I mean, you can really tear this nation up and you can really take their land. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And that's exactly what happened. Now Gideon went up by the route of those who dwell in tents east of Noba and smote their camp, surprisingly, for the army thought itself secure. Uh -huh, it was only 300 people. And Zeba and Zalmunna fled. Those are the princes. And he pursued them and took the king, the two kings of Midian, Zeba and Zalmunna, and terrified all the army. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is that not a miracle? The Most High taking 300 people to crush the nations. Ha! Now we're on um, Judges 8, 13 through 16. Succoff and Pen UL are destroyed. Then Gideon returned from the battle by the accent of Harris. And he caught a young man, a suck off, and inquired of him to write down all of the names, excuse me, of the officials in suck off and its elders, which is 77 men. So um, Gideon want this young person who lives in Succoff to write down all of the um, the elders' names down so he can get everybody. <laughs> and he came to the men, Gideon came to the men after the youngster um, wrote down all of the names of the men, which was 77 men. He went into Succoff and said, behold, Zeba and Zoma, Zomuna, about whom you scoffed at me, saying are Zeba and Zomuna Zalmunna, now in your hand that we should give bread to your men who are faint. And he took the elders of the city and thorns of the wilderness and briars 
and with them he taught the men of Succoth a lesson. So I guess he must have been beating the crap out of them with some sticks. Okay, so now we're on uh, verse 17 through 21, and Gideon revenges his brethren's death on Zeba and Zumuna. Okay. So. Gideon broke down the tower of Punel and slew the men of the city. Then Gideon said to Zeba and Zamuna, what kind of men were they whom you slew at Tabor? So I guess the two princes killed uh, one of the children of Israel. And they replied, they were men like you. Each of them resembled the son of a king. So those were his brethren. And he said, they were my brothers, the sons of my mother. Uh-oh. As the Most High lives, if you had saved them alive, I would not slay you. So he's basically saying, if you would have kept my, uh, my brethren alive, I wouldn't have killed you. But what does the Lord say? An eye for an eye, doesn't it? So that's what he about to do. And Gideon said to Jephthah, the firstborn, his firstborn, Gideon said to Jephthah, his firstborn, get up and slay them. So he's telling his young son, his youngest his, yeah, his young son to kill the two princes or the two kings but his son didn't drill the sword because he was afraid and he you know he didn't believe that he could do it he was young so he didn't do it then Zeba and Zalmona said rise yourself and fall on us for as the man is so is his strength let me tell you what that means in a minute and Gideon arose and slew both men Zeba and Zalmona and took the um, ornaments that were on their camel's necks. Now, Zel Zelba, Zeba, and Zelmuna told Gideon, oh, don't have your son kill us. You kill us. So that's exactly what happened. So now we're on chapter 20, I mean, verse 22 and 23. He refuses government. Now, and that means um, Gideon refuses government. I'm going to tell you what that means in a minute. Now, after, um, after Gideon killed those two kings or princes, whatever they are, of Midian, and now the people's happy. The children of Israel's happy. Then the children of Israel said to Gideon, rule over us. Listen to what they do. And the nonsense of it all. So the men of Yasharel, the children of Yasharel told Gideon to rule over them. You and your son and your son's son also, for you have delivered us from the hand of the Midian. Oh my gosh. Who did it? Who delivered them? Who delivered 300 men to subdue 120,000? Was that Gideon or was it the most high? This is what I mean about the children of Israel. They sat up there and they saw a miracle and they still looking at this carnal man talk about be our king because you you trodden down 120,000 people. Um, the most high did that. This is what I mean. They up, everybody's behind, but they ain't looking at what they got. And they got the, the creator of the universe and they still don't want them. This is what I mean. Verse 23, 
And Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you. And my son will not rule over you. The most high will rule over, rule over you. And this is what he had to remind them because they doing too much. The children of Israel is doing too damn much. They sit there in the, um, in the camp with the most high. They're sitting right next to them. He's showing them everything. He's, he's showing them himself. A pillar of fire at night and a, a, a cloud in the day. Then he's in the camp with them. He's walking in the midst of them. He's doing everything. And they still be in buttholes. Enough is enough. This is why you can't feel sorry. Sorry, I can't. I can't. I can't feel sorry for them. I cannot feel sorry for them because they're doing too damn much. It pisses me off just talking about it because enough is enough. How many times can you bend down? The most I say. You better be glad I don't change my ways. You better be glad I don't change my mind because you wouldn't be here. You better be glad I'm long suffering. You better be glad I understand fully that you only here at the blink of an eye. You're doing too much. Okay, so now I'm on 24, verse 24 through 27. And um, Gideon's Ephon caught... Gideon's ephod causes the children to commit idolatry. I can't. I'm exhausted with these kids. I'm exhausted with the kids of Israel. I'm, I'm exhausted. Just read me. Enough is enough. And Gideon said to the children of Israel, let me make a request of you. This is what he's saying. Because he's saying, no, I'm not going to be your king and neither is my son or his son. No, we're not going to be your king. Remember, the most high is your lot. You have the most high. He's your inheritance. The creator of everybody. The great I am. The alpha and omega. He is ruling over you. He's the king of you. Not me. I'm just the vessel that's being used to get rid of the heathens. This is what he's trying to tell them. Then he's saying, this is what I want y'all to do. Every man take the earrings of his spoil because naturally, if they go into the children of the east, it's the Ishmaelites, which is their cousins. Literally, it's their distant cousins. Because Ishmael is Isaac's brother. Okay? Just say. So take everybody, all the people you kill, take all the earrings and the gold off their camels and give me one of the earrings. That's what he's saying. Because the Ishmaelites, they dealt with gold. The people of the East, that's what they do. They deal with gold. I mean, the children of Israel did too, but they didn't worship it. But the children of the East did. Everything was gold. Even Egypt, all of that. Those are the children of the East. Even though the children of Israel is also in the East, those are the people that are idolatrous. And that's what they um, worship. So Gideon is telling them, everybody go... Take all the gold off the camels because um, all the spoil, which is all the stuff that, you know, when they killed, or, well, they didn't kill nobody. The Midianites killed themselves and then they ran down the princes and killed them. But um, everything that's left over in the camp that's worth something, you could keep it. So that's what he's basically saying. So take all the gold because they was putting gold on camels and everything. The, the camels had gold and gold rings on their hoofs and, and around their necks and all that. That's how it was. So um, Gideon is telling the children of Israel, go take all the spoil from all them camels and whatever's in the camp and give me one earring. Okay, one, you know, they was wearing gold jewelry, all that, the children of the East. Yes, honey. <laughs> so 
they took um one piece of uh, earring and gave it to um, Gideon. Okay, from the Midianites that was dead. For well, the Midianites had gold earrings because they were Ishmaelites. I already told you. Okay. And they answered, and remember, they was kings and whatever else. So, and they answered, we will. The children of Israel said, we will do that. And they gave it to them. Okay. And then they spread all the jewelry on a garment. Everybody cast his earrings in the spoil. And the weight of the golden earrings that um, Gideon had was about 1,700 shekels of gold. Now, I already explained what a shekel was. I'm not in front of my computer, so I can't break it down, but it's a, um, I believe it's like a certain weight of gold, okay? So, and Gideon made an ephod, and an ephod, which I explained already too, but it's a sacred, um, like apron that a priest will wear, the Levites wear it. So, Gideon made an ephod. Now, let me stop that right there. Let me put a little pin in there. We on uh, verse 27. Let me put a pin in there. People today, in today's times, say that the children of Israel's lazy. They don't want to do nothing. They welfare queens. They this, they that. They the bottom of the barrel. But that's not true. The children of Israel have made infrastructure. They have made everything that was made wherever they was. They was made too because they were slaves. Think about Gideon in the middle of nowhere in a camp what that consisted of 120,000 when the most high told him, take this 300 people down there, go start yelling and banging pans together. Then when they did that, those people who, uh, who were in the army down in that valley who went their plan was to go to disrupt the children of Israel and kill them. They killed one another, thereby leaving Gideon and his 300 people along with some of the other brothers, um, kids coming down and helping, left all this gold and spoil. Gideon then asked the children of Israel, from your spoil, just give me one earring. So it's 300 of them given uh, one earring. So it amounted to uh, 1,700 shekels of gold, which is a, a, um, a scaled amount of gold. Then Gideon, in the middle of wherever they are, makes an ephod. Does that seem like he's lazy or these people are lazy? Not only that, they chased him from one, um, one area of their um, country to another. Does that sound like somebody lazy? Does it? You got to think about all these things. That's something to think about. These children was never lazy. They were stupid, but they wasn't lazy. They still ain't. Nine times out of 10 today, if children are, if the if the children of Israel are lazy, it's because they're being taught by other nations because they keep following other nations, number one. Number two, you got to work harder. And now remember, the children of Israel is the bottom of the barrel here in the United States. So if you're the bottom of the barrel, that means you don't have more money than everybody. That means you don't have more opportunities than everybody else. So you got to work 10 times harder in everything. If you poor, it's very expensive to be poor. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's extremely expensive to be poor. And the children of Israel in the United States pretty much is poor. Okay. It, it takes a lot of money to be poor. And I know that sounds contradictory, but I'm going to give you an example. Poor people don't have bank accounts, right? 
So they got to go to a check cashing place to cash a check, right? So if you have a bank account, there's no monthly fees depending on how much money you are keeping that account, okay? So you don't have to pay a fee when you cash a check, your check in your account. However, if you don't have an account, and it's changing more and more now because there's um, non, you know, less paper. But throughout the whole time I was growing up, poor people had to pay more for everything, more for groceries, more for everything, because you're living in a poor area and they charge more. So you only have a certain amount of money and you got, uh, um, and you got to do the best you can with the little bit that you have, children of Israel. So think about this. They don't have an account. Now they got to go to the check cash in place. And a check cash in place charges a certain amount of money for every dollar that you have. Is that not robbing people? So a poor person got to go to a check cash in place that charges them a certain amount of money for every dollar they have. So they took a chunk out of their money just for them to have even smaller amount. Whereas if you had a bank account and you had enough money in the bank account, they don't charge you nothing. Is it not expensive being poor? Yes, it is. So where is it that the children of Israel's lazy, they could afford to do this, they welfare queers, none of that. They got to work 10 times harder, whether they got a job, whether they don't have a job, whether they have kids, whether they don't have kids, they got to work 10 times harder because the system is against them. And don't you ever forget that. Okay? They are like, and I said this before and I'm going to move on if I say it. They are like, Salmon swimming upstream. Everything is against them. And a salmon literally has to risk its life to go upstream to lay eggs. And then after it goes up the stream, it dies. If it makes it up the stream. Because bears, more um, uh, predators that's in the water, um, dangerous uh, streams that they have to hurdle themselves up. Everything is against them. If they make it where their destination is, they lay them eggs if they're lucky enough, and then they die. That's what they are. That's what the children of Israel real are. Salmon. Uh -huh. It's nothing easy for them. But being that nothing's easy for them, they still turn around and try to be like everybody else. Go figure. Is that not stupid? It's the dumbest thing I ever heard. That's why the most high said the children of Israel are sodish. And they are. Let me keep going. Now we on. Uh, we on um, chapter 8, verse 28. And it says, Midian is subdued. Now. Did I do that? Yes, I did. Oh, no, I didn't finish. I'm sorry. I'm on 20. I'm going to go back to 24. I didn't get up to 28 yet because I'm, I'm talking. But I, I have to give you these examples. Okay, so I'm just going to breeze through this and I'll get back to where I was. And Gideon said to them, um, you know, give me your earrings. He made an ephod, and, uh, which is a, a, a sacred priest's garment. Now, uh, I'm going to tell you why he did it, but let me read it. Okay, and Gideon made an ephod of the jewelry and he put it in the city of Ophrah and all Yasharel who lived there paid homage to the ephod there and it became a snare to Gideon and his family damn it I'm gonna tell you what it means 
Now, the point of um, Gideon making this ephod is for remembrance. The Most High gave us the power, 300 people, to conquer Midian. That's the point of the ephod, for our remembrance. You know what the dumb children of Israel did? They started idolizing it. And it became a snare because, number one, Gideon made it. And they, they equating Gideon with this gold thing. So now they bowing down to this gold ephod. Child, I can't. And Gideon's pissed off now. Okay, now I'm 128. Uh, Midian was subdued before Yasharel so that they lifted up their heads no more, meaning Midian can't come and bully nobody no more um, in regards to the children of Israel. And the land had peace and rest for 40 years in the days of Gideon. Now, after Gideon through the most high, ran them out of there like cattle. They start killing each other. And then for the fear, because the most high sent a spirit into the camp to bamboozle them, they start killing one another. This is the, this is the blessing. And this is the miracle that the most high uh, is showing them. The 300 people that stood there watched this. Then when they ran them down, they killed four princes. They killed them from Midian and um, the Malachites. Okay, so now the land rested. But through that, the stupid children of Israel want to start bowing down to this uh, uh, ephod, which is a, a dead one, uh, um, like a, um, a apron. That's what it is, like an apron. So that now they want to start bowing down to the apron. Did the apron do anything? The apron used to be an earring. Did it do anything? No. But the dumb children of Israel is turning around and they being idiots. So anyway, the Most High got Gideon to get rid of the, uh, the Midianites. And now there was peace and rest for 40 years in the days of Gideon. So nobody um, crossed Gideon at that time. After Gideon spanked them nations, nobody's going to cross them. And then he had to reprimand his brethren for the nonsense they was doing. So now, 29 through 32, Gideon's children and death. So Gideon, the son of Joash, went and dwelt in his own house. Now he went back home and Gideon has 70 sons. Listen, I need you to listen to this and I'm going to break this down in a minute. Well, let me say something. I said this in past lessons. If you follow the law, statutes, and precepts and commands in any, in all ways, but you break one, you broke the law. I don't care what you did. I don't care how small you believe it is, you broke the law. The most I said, all has fallen short of his glory. Everybody. Okay? But we talk about the, the Old Testament. The most high wants you to abide by the laws. What are the laws put in for sinners? Why? Because if you righteous, you don't need the laws. If you're doing everything you're supposed to, then you don't need to abide by the laws. But the Most High said you need to follow the laws. Why? Because they keep breaking laws. That's why the Most High put them there. Uh -huh. And the laws is going to be testifying against them. I say this because I'm getting ready to brace you for what the children is about to do. This is Gideon. Now, Gideon then went in there and he was used by the Most High to get rid of the Amalekites and the, um, and the Midianites. Right? 
And so the land is at rest for 40 years, meaning that there's no more war, nobody's coming to bother them, and they could go on about their business. That's what it means. For 40 years, as long as Gideon lived them 40 years after he started tearing people up, everybody was at peace. You didn't have to worry about war. Now, this is what's going to happen. Like I said, Gideon went and dwelled back in his house. He went on home from the war and went home. Now, Gideon had 70 sons. Listen to this. He had 70 sons that was born to him. For he had many wives, okay? He had many wives of the children of Israel. He had many wives of the children of Israel. However, however, he had a concubine that was from another nation. All the rest of his wives with the 70 kids was from the children of Israel, daughters of Zion. He had kids with the daughters of Zion. Then he turned around and had a baby by somebody else from another nation. Now I ask you, what the, where's the law? What did the law say? The Most High said, don't go to no other nation. Don't give your daughters to another nation. Don't give your sons to another nation. You don't go to another nation. Why? Because they worship devils and they're going to take you away from me. That's exactly what's going to happen. Because Gideon took his behind over there and started having a family with some other nation, the heathens. Most I said, don't go to no heathens. Everybody else is heathens. And there's children of Israel. I didn't already say what I said. Now, you can say Gentiles, but we don't know who's the wheat and who's the chaff. We don't know. Only the most high knows. Now, the people with the bloodline is the people with the bloodline. The most high is already spanking them. But there are people outside. And remember, the New Testament didn't come yet. So it's only the children of Israel and everybody else. Okay? They being knuckleheads, but the most high didn't get so upset that he's saying, now I'm going to go to a, 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 a heathen nation. He didn't say that yet. So right now, it's only the children of Israel and everybody else. So now Gideon did, did everything he needed to do. He did everything he um, needed to do according to the Most High. Listen to everything uh, the Most High said, except when he got this concubine from another nation. It wasn't of the daughters of Zion. This is what's wrong with the children of Israel. I didn't say what I said. You know what? I believe in my platform library that I uploaded the testament of um, Yahuda. The testament of Yahuda is so important. When I say it's important, it's so important because Yahuda is telling his line how wicked they're going to be and how women's going to be their downfall, how fighting amongst um, themselves is going to be their downfall, and how money's going to be their downfall. Money, fighting among yourselves, and women. It didn't say men. It said women fighting among yourselves and money. That's what Yahuda, the father of those nations that have been scattered, this is what he said in his testament to warn you about. And what are the people doing? Even today, what are the children of Israel doing? They messing with hoes. They doing whatever they can to get money and they fighting among themselves. They've been doing the same damn thing since day one. And, the, uh, and uh, even uh, Yahuda in his testimony said, don't do it. He gave you a hint and a half, a warning and everything. They're still doing it. I can't. Let me go back to Gideon. So Gideon had a concubine from this heathen nation, Shechem, and bore a son. And the son's name was Abimelech. Good grief. Now, remember, 
He had a son from a heathen woman and he named the son Abimelech. Why is that bad? Because this son is going to turn against him. Why? Because his mother's from another nation. Now, let me give you an example. And then I'm going to move on. This is why, because people swear up and down. Oh, no, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. I'm going to do everything I can. You're a human being. You're a fleshly being. You didn't have a baby by somebody else. And that's just, I don't care how much you make sure this is happening, that's happening. That person will always go to the other nation because they don't belong to the most high. I'm saying, I'm laying it out. And you're going to find out every time the children of Israel do this. Every time the children of Israel have a baby by somebody else, all hell breaks loose. All through the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and even today. There's nothing new under the sun, people. So he has this son by a heathen woman who is a of Shechem. Okay? And the son's name is Abimelech. And we can ready to find out what the hell going on with him. Okay? So, and Gideon died after that, after he had this kid, he died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of Joash, his father, in Ophrah of the Abirzanites. Okay. So now we're on 33 through 35, which is the last uh, verses of chapter eight. And it says, as soon as Gideon was dead, Yasharel turned again and played the hoe after the Baals and made Baal Berith their gods. I can't. <laughs> See, I told you. I told you the children of Israel was stupid. I didn't told you what I said. I told you how stupid they are. So now that Gideon died, these fools is going to go over there and start uh, worshiping these devil, the devils from these other nations again. I'm going to say it again. As soon as Gideon died, the children of Israel played the hoe after Baal and Baal Beareth, and they made that their God. Chah, I can't. These children, I can't. I can't. I can't. I give the most high all the glory because, honey, if it was me, wouldn't they know children in Israel? If they just be doing too much. They do too much. Just like I said, when I found out I was a child of Israel, I was like, no! That's how I felt. <laughs> That's how I felt. And before I found out I was a child of Israel, I kept saying to myself, these people are stupid. Come to find out, they're my people. Just as dumb as rocks. Oh, they dumb. Now, let me keep going. And Yasharel did not remember the Most High, their El, who delivered them out of the hands of their enemies on every side. Neither did they know, or excuse me, neither did they show kindness to the family of Gideon in return for all the good that he'd done for Israel. Yeah, I can't. The children of Israel are a bunch of idiots. They're like brainless zombies. They know how to do bad. Oh, they want to do bad. Oh, they want to. And they're a bunch of hoes. Ah, oh, I can't. I can't. They disgust me. They they discuss me. Okay, now we're on chapter nine. From uh, chapter nine, one through six, Abimelech. Now remember, Abimelech 
is the child of Gideon with the heathen woman from um, Shechem. All the rest of the 70 kids is from daughters of Israel. But this one individual one is from a woman from Shechem that is not a child of Israel. And this matters, and you'll find out. So from one to six, Abimelech, by conspiracy with the Shechemites, had murdered his brethren and is made king. Listen to what Abimelech does. Now Abimelech, the son of Gideon, went to, who is Yerubabel, went to Shechem, to his mother's people, and said to them, and to the whole clan of his mother's family, he went to his mother's people, who is not the children of Israel. This is why you should not have children by anybody that's not in the children of Israel, if you are a child of Israel. This is why the Most High said what he said. Say, I pray you, in the hearing of all the men of Shechem, which is better for you, that all 70 of the sons of Gideon reign over you, or that one man rule over you? Remember also that I am your bone and your flesh. Now, what are they talking about? They basically telling Abimelech, you better go kill off your, um, your 70 uh, brothers and sisters because you don't want them ruling over you. You don't want them children of Israel ruling over you. You a child of Shechem. Uh-huh. So get rid of them. That's what they're saying. I already told you them other nations worship devils. Why would they, if they your brothers, why would they say that? Why would um, they say that if y'all supposed to be brothers and sisters? Now, I'm going to put a little pen in that and I'm going to say this. There are some children, um, I'm going to say, um, those Hebrew Israelites. If you ever heard those, um, those Hebrew Israelites say that they could have a seed by anybody and it's going to fall under them. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And I need some proof. I need you to prove to me that that's true. Because the Most High is saying it here. Do not go outside your nation. Do not give your sons to any of the other nation's sons. Do not give your daughters to any other nation's um, sons. And don't you go out and have nobody, woman or man. So where is it that they say they could drop their seed anywhere? And right now we see that a bit, um, that Gideon had 70 children with the uh, daughters of Zion. And this one concubine he had with a daughter of Shechem, which is another nation. And this fool right here is getting ready to kill all his brethren that's of the children of Israel. This is why the Most High don't want you with them. Over and over and over and over throughout the scriptures, Old and New Testament, the Most High is telling you don't mess with other people. And what are you doing? Messing with other people. Talk about the, uh, those Hebrew Israelites. They messing with other people and they, they saying they own false doctrines. When the Most High ain't said nothing that they saying. Let he who has an ear hear what the Ruach is saying. You ain't going to make up anything when it's right there in black and white saying don't do it. You ain't going to turn around and say, oh, I'm going to do it. And try to make up a story 
as if it's right. All have fallen short of the glory of the Most High. Sin, sin, sin. That's why there's laws, statutes, precepts, and commands. Because the Most High said, if you was righteous, it wouldn't. I wouldn't need to give you all these laws, statutes, commands, and um, precepts. I wouldn't need to do that. Probably the precepts, but I wouldn't need to give you all these laws and stuff if you was righteous, but you ain't. These Hebrew Israelites is going out doing whatever they want to, hunting. The Most High going to take care of them too. I already told you the children of Israel are stupid. They dumb. They sway up and down. They know everything. Don't know nothing. Back to what I was saying. So now um, Abimelech is going through the motions with his mother's side of family, which is from Shechem. They're not the children of Israel. And they planning and plotting to kill Gideon's true Israel um, daughters and sons. Okay. So his mother's kinsmen, Abimelech's mother's kinsmen, remember, uh, Gideon's dead, spoke all these words concerning him in the hearing of all the men of Shechem and their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said he is our brother. Uh-huh, they devils. I told you they lean towards the devil. That's why the Most High said don't go to the devils, don't marry the devils, don't have kids with the devil's child. Anyway, it's to their own peril. And they gave him 70 pieces of silver out of the house of Baal Beeroth, which is a god. Uh-huh. And which Abimelech hired worthly, worthless and foolhardy men to follow him. So he paid some men to come with to go with him to go kill his, his um half sisters and brothers. And he went to his father's house at Ophrah and slew his brothers, the sons of Gideon, 70 men with one stone. But Jotham, the youngest son of Gideon, was left, for he hid himself. So all of the brothers that was Gideon's sons was killed by the concubine son that Gideon had. Did not the Most High said, don't go to no heathen nations having kids with him? Uh-huh. And there was one child left, and he hid. All of the men of Shechem gathered together and all, all the men gathered together, sorry, and they went down and made Abimelech king by the oak um, terebinth of the pillar of she Shechem, which was um, told to Jotham. So Jotham is uh, um, uh, Gideon's youngest son. And he went and stood at the top of Mount Gezerim and shouted to them, hear me, men of Shechem, that the Most High hear you. And he said a, uh, a prophecy. That's what he did. That's what he said. He told them a prophecy, and I'm not going to read the prophecy because this is the cliff note. Now, therefore, if you act sincerely and honorably when you made Abimelech king, and if you have dealt with um, Zerubbabel, who is Gideon, and his house, and have done to him as his deeds deserve, for my father fought for you, jeopardized his life, and rescued you from the hand of Midian. These are the, um, this is the Shechem. This is Shechem. And you have risen up against my father's house this day and have slain his sons, 70 men, on one stone and have made Abimelech, son of his maidservant, 
king over the people of Shechem because he's your kinsman. Now, listen, this is important. And I don't want you to forget this. I do not want you to forget this because the king is going to start going after the people of Shechem simply because this went down. I already told you the law is an eye for an eye. And what did Gideon's son from a heathen woman do? He went and killed the 69 sons of the children of Israel. Uh-huh. He was half child of Israel, whatever they call it, half child of Israel. And he went to his mother's side, which is the heathen side, and they planned and they killed the children of Israel. Why did the Most High tell the children of Israel, don't um, have children with nobody outside your own nation? Because they worship devils. You see this as plain as the nose of your face. Okay. If you have acted sincerely and honorably with Gideon, who was Yerubabel, and his house this day, then rejoice in Abimelech and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come from Abimelech and devour the people of Shechem and birth Milo. And let fire come out from the people of Shechem and birth Milo and devour Abimelech. And Yotham, who is the youngest son of um, Gideon, ran away and fled and went to Beer and dwelt there for fear of Abimelech, his half-brother. So now we're on um, 22, verses 22 through 29. Gale conspires with the Shechemites against him. Abimelech reigned over... Sorry, yeah. He, Abimelech reigned... Uh, for three years in Israel. Now remember, he's only, uh, he's not 100% a child of Israel. He's not. His mother is not a child of Israel, but his father is. And you see what happened? He's going with his mother's side and they coming up against Israel covertly. Uh-huh. And the Most High sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. What did the Most High do? Because an eye for an eye. Since uh, Abimelech, who is, Gideon was his father, but a heathen woman is was his mother. He went with the heathen people and they tried to come against the children of Israel. So the Most High is watching all of this. And now the most high, because he put himself as a, um, as a king to the children of Israel. So the most high was like, oh no, this ain't going down. And he sent a wicked spirit. What? An evil spirit, excuse me, evil spirit, evil, wicked, same thing. He sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the children of Shechem. That's his mother's people. So evil spirits coming in there and going to cause division. Did I not say there's, um, you ain't fighting flesh and blood? You fighting wicked spirits that's using people like checkers and chess by the most high. You're not going to play with the most high, honey. So Abimelech swapping down, he was going to rule after he didn't kill all his half brethren that is the true children of Israel. And he tried to reign. Most high said, oh, no, 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 no. I got something for you, baby. Set down the evil spirit. The evil spirit is causing division between Abimelech and the kids, um, the children of Shechem. 
and the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. So now they're getting, they're going against him. Aha, uh -huh, the Most High is using these heathen nations to go against him for him doing that. Aha, uh -huh. that the violence done to the 70 sons of Gideon, which is Yerubabel, might come and that their blood might be laid upon Abimelech, their brother, who slew them upon the men of Shechem, who strengthened his hands to slay his brothers. And the man of Shechem sent men to ambush against Abimelech in the mountaintops, and they robbed all who passed by them along the way. And it was told to Abimelech. And Gael, son of Ebed, came with his kinsmen and moved into Shechem. And the men of Shechem put confidence in him. And they went out into the field, gathered their vineyards, fruits, and trod them down, and held a festival. And going into the house of their God, which was idol, they ate and drank and cursed Abimelech. These is his own people, his mother's people. Gael, son of Ebed, said, who is Abimelech and who are we of Shechem that we should serve him? Were the sons of uh, Gideon, who is Jerubabel, and Zebul, his officer, servants of the men of Hamor, the father and founder of Shechem? Then why should we serve him? Would that his people were under my hand? that would I remove Abimelech and say to him, increase your army and come out. Uh-huh. So they's conspiring against Abimelech to kill him because of the stuff that he did. Most I said, an eye for an eye, honey. What you do will come back to you. Same thing. All right. So now we are from 30 to 33. Zubel reveals it. Then Zubel, the city's mayor, heard the words of Gael, son of Ebed, and his anger was kindled. So he started getting angry at him. And he sent messengers to Abimelech, slyly saying, Behold, Gael, son of Ebed, and his kinsmen have come to Shechem, and behold, they stir up the city to rise against you. Now it's getting ready to come down to the wire because Abimelech did what he did. Therefore, rise up by night, you and the men with you, and lie and wait in the field. Then in the morning, rise up early and set upon the city, and do to them as the opportunity permits. You already know what that means, kill them. Then um, Abimelech overcomes them and souls the city with salt. So it's a, um, a ambush. So we're going to read 34 through uh, 45. And Abimelech rose up by night and all the men with him. And they laid in wait against Shechem in four companies. And Gael, the son of Ebed, came out and stood in the entrance of the city's gate. And Abimelech rose up from ambush. And Gael saw the men, and he saw, and he said to Zubal, men are coming down from the mountaintops. Zubal said to him, the shadow of the mountains look like, looks to you like men? And Gael spoke again and said, see, men are coming down from the center of the land, and one company is coming from the direction of the oak 
Zubel and Gail, where is your big mouth now? You who said, who is Abimelech, that he should serve him? Are not these men whom you have despised? Go now and fight with them. And Gail went down ahead of the men of Shechem and fought with Abimelech. And Abimelech chased him and he fled before him and many fell wounded. So they was fighting. Now I'm reading 40. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm still late. And Abimelech lodged in Aramah and Zebul thrust out Gael and his kinsmen so they could not live with Shechem, live in Shechem. Sorry, they kicked them out of uh, Shechem, that uh, city. The next day, the men went out into the fields and Abimelech was told he took his men and divided them into three companies and laid in wait in the field. And he looked and behold, the people were coming out of the city and he rose up against them and smote them. And Abimelech and company rushed toward and stood in the entrance of the city gate while the two other companies rushed upon all who were in the field and killed them. And Abimelech fought against the city all that day. And this is because he went against his, the children of Israel. He took the city and slew the people who were in it. So this he went into um, Shechem and did this. He demolished the city and sold it with salt. That means he put salt all over it. I don't know why. Okay. Um, now it's 46 to 49. And when all the men of the tower of Shechem heard of it, they entered the stronghold of the house of Bereth which means the God of Bereth. Uh -huh. Abimelech was told that all the people of the tower of Shechem were gathered together. And Abimelech went up to the Mount, to Mount, excuse me, Abimelech went up to Mount Zalmon, he and all the men with him. And Abimelech took an ax in his hand and cut down a bundle of brush, picked it up and laid it on his shoulder. And he said to the men that was with him, Whatever you see me do, you do it too. So each man cut down his bundle the, uh, and started following Abimelech and put it up against the stronghold and set the stronghold on fire as well as the people in the stronghold. And all of the people in the tower of Shechem died, which was a thousand people, men and women. Okay. Then Abimelech went against Thebes and encamped against it and took it. But there was a strong tower in the city and all the people of the city, men and women, fled to it, shut themselves in and went to the roof of the tower. And Abimelech came to the tower and fought against it. And it drew near the door of the tower and burnt it with fire. So he starts setting everything on fire. But a certain woman cast an upper milestone down upon Abimelech's head and broke his skull. Uh-huh. Then he called hastily, Abimelech called hastily to a young man, his armor bearer, because remember he's the king, and said to him, draw your sword and slay me. 
so the so that men may say uh that you killed me and not a woman most i forbid that a woman kill you even though she did and the young man killed him and he died and when the men of israel saw that abimelech was dead they departed each man to his house Thus the Most High repaid the wickedness of Abimelech, which he had done to his father Gideon by slaying his 69 brothers. And all the wickedness of the men of Shechem, the Most High repaid upon their heads and caused to come upon them the curse of Jochum and Gideon, who is Yerubabel. Now, you know, one of the laws is an eye for eye in the Old Testament, which later, well, that's for the children of Israel, but later it says the law is sowing and reaping. Don't, uh, the Most High will not be mocked. What you do will come back to you. It's the same thing, same concept. What do we have to learn here? What we're going to learn from these three uh, chapters, seven, eight, and nine, is number one, the children of Israel. They need to stop following everybody else, stop bowing down to other people's gods because they have the author and the creator in their midst. Sin abounds and they continue to do it because they can't tangibly deal with somebody. They cannot tangibly wrap their heads around the most high. Just why they keep following everybody else. Not only that, sin is in the world. When Adam gave his power away, sin grew. It's in the book of... Um, Ezra, that's what the angel is saying to Ezra. Sin grew, a tiny seed of sin was given to um, Adam when he gave his power away. Sin went into Adam and it grew. Adam had children. Every time he had children, the sin went into them too. So that's how it happened. That's why the daily luge happened and this is why it's happening now. That's the, that's the root, the spiritual root of what's happening. The carnal thing is monkey see, monkey do. They keep following everybody else. So we see in, in Judges chapter 7, 8, and 9, every time somebody saves them, which is the most high, will raise somebody up to save them. It will be peace for a little while, but then the children of Israel, just like cats, like I said, they could be doing something and then somebody else is putting a string in front of their face. They running behind that. That's what they're doing. That's one lesson. Lesson number two, the most high says, stop having children outside your own nation. It is what it is. This is what happens when you do. The people you have in um, children with is going to come against you in many ways by whiting you out, by going against what you stand for, by going against your nation, by going against who you are. They're not going to believe what you believe. It is what it is. This is how it, it works. I don't care how many times. Uh, you believe that you're going to do this and this and that is spiritual. You cannot stop the spiritual law from moving forward. You can't. So if you break one part of the law, you broke every part of the law. And the most I said, because there's nobody that's perfect. But I'm saying once you know better, do better. Try better. If you feel like you got to keep going outside your nation and all that, the first thing you need to do is look inside yourself and try to figure out why. Is the people in your own nation not good enough for you? You came from um, the children of Israel's mother and father. So where is it that you got to keep trying to follow somebody else? I know the psychological um, 
abuse that the children of Israel was suffering in the United States in all ways. You know what I'm saying? In all ways, they suffered psychological abuse. And a lot of things was taken away from them. A lot of things was forbidden to them. And now that things are less stringent, I would say, people feel like the grass is greener on the other side. But the truth is, it's not. It's not. Water your own grass, de-weed your own grass, fertilize your own grass, and it'll be better than the other grass. And that's the children's problem. They think everybody else got the best whatever else. Little do they know, they got the creator of the universe. They was the most beautiful. They had the most money. They had the most power, all that. But they keep relinquishing it to the other people that worship devils. It's still happening. Everything works in a circle. It's still happening. The things that they was doing in the Old Testament, New Testament, and now today is the same thing they've been doing. Children of Israel, you got to straighten up because times are flying. You already heard that, um, that thing I uploaded. Oh, yeah, the days are going fast now. Oh, yeah, this is just the beginning, though. We are between the 11 and the 12. There's a couple of notches there, and then it's over. When you learn better, the expectation is for you to do better. So I'm finished with this lesson. I hope this lesson edified you. I'm glad that I didn't really have to, um, my voice is straining, but not as much as it has been. Um, it's cracking a little bit, but I'm still good. Um, hang in there with me. You know, if you love the most high, we're going to learn something here from this um, platform. And with that, I say enjoy your Shabbat and until next time. Hi. Trying to contact me regarding a question, comment, or concern? Well, you got two ways of doing so. The first way is you can email me at cliffnoteqna at yahoo.com. I'll say it again. This is one word, Cliff Note, the letter Q, the letter N, the letter A at yahoo.com. The second way is you can upload a question, concern, or comment on Spotify. The question section appears under the episode's description on Spotify. Send me your question and I'll definitely answer it. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. It's good to hear the word of truth of the Most High, but you know what's better? Hitting that follow button and hitting the small bell next to it to be notified of new content. You can also save a life by sharing this valuable content. Go ahead, save a life today. Thanks.